Welcome to Radioactive Magazine. We will be speaking with Greg Razor, who represents Missouri State Senate District 7 in Jefferson City. Senator Razor, how do you describe your district geographically? Well, it's a long and narrow district that is shaped somewhat like a sea. So let me give you the long and narrow part first. The northern border is the Missouri River. It then heads south from state line to the west and truced to the east, roughly, all the way down to Cass County, where it then curves along the Cass County line to include Grandview. And at the north, it curves east to include the historic northeast. So it's a long, narrow, skinny letter C. Okay, more seriously, what are the most important things that you, Senator, would like our listeners to know about what is happening in the Missouri State Senate this session? Well, we have an opportunity uh, to transform Missouri uh, into a 21st century state. Uh, with, thanks to Congressman Cleaver and President Biden, the amount of federal funds that have come into this state uh, we can invest in ourselves in a way that we have never done before, in a way that can propel us uh, in so many different aspects. Instead, we have spent the first several weeks um, discussing in committee hearings virtually nothing other than less than 10 kids who happen to be transgender, who want to play middle and high school sports, or why we want to teach black history, but not think too hard about it. Um, critical race theory and transgender sports is all that building is talking about. Um, when we could be six laning I-70, we could be investing in our schools, we could be investing in our colleges and universities. Uh, we could be making it cheaper for our students to go to our community colleges and universities. Something like two babies out of every thousand are born with what are called ambiguous genitalia. Some of them have both a uterus and a penis, all right? So are these senators trying to say that these, these people should not be treated with respect? <laughs> well, I think what, you know, there's a difference between those kids and a transgender kid. So with those kids that are born with both sets of genitals, we see that there's not a direct correlation between the brain and the genitals, right? Because we, right. Don't, we don't do surgery on those kids when they're babies. We let them grow up and figure out which gender they are, and then you can, can perform a surgery. With transgender kids, I think the same thing is happening. The brain and the genitals didn't match. Right, And so we have gotten to a point in society where kids are now able to go to their parents and say, I don't feel like I'm in the right body. Right. And it doesn't happen often, but it does happen. Right. And, and these are kids that are dealing with enough already. I mean, let's be honest, middle school and high school is tough for everybody. Yep. And, and you add this on top of it, the last thing they need is every time they turn on the news or see a newspaper or, you know, or listening to the radio to hear how politicians are talking about them, debating them, 
legislating against them. There are proposals to take money from hospitals that treat these kids, to strip doctors of their licenses, to charge their parents with child abuse. I mean, it's it's absolutely absurd what is happening. Right. Yep. What are your thoughts about uh, the claims that political polarization has been increasing in the United States in recent years? I think it absolutely has been. Uh, and I think there's a few reasons for that. One is we all, and I'm I'm going to say it on the right and the left, we watch the news for affirmation and not for information. You know, we either watch MSNBC or we watch Fox and we're told what we want to hear. Uh, we don't we no longer have an independent news outlet that will give us the straight facts. And we need that. People say we do not talk politics. I think that's unpatriotic. The alternative to talking politics is killing people over misunderstandings. We need to talk politics, but we need to do so respectfully, understanding that they're listening to different news from what we're listening to. Your comment? I, I agree. You know, I grew up in a, a Republican household down in the boot hill. Um, I know Republicans. I understand Republicans. I like Republicans. I get along with them. Um, some of the some of my colleagues, I'm not sure are Republicans. I, I just I listen to them and I'm I don't recognize them as Republicans. But but regardless, there are times we can sit down and work together. There are times when I am adamantly opposed to a proposal that Governor Parson has. But go back and listen to his state of the state address. That was a fantastic speech and fantastic proposals. And when it's time to work together, let's work together. I don't care if he gets the credit. I want to, I come to Jefferson City every single week, leave my home for four days, get home on Friday. I have meetings all day Friday, all day Saturdays, because I want to see Kansas City and my district and my state, our state, be a better place. I got a card in the mail from you, Senator, listing eight different bills you pre-filed for this legislative session. Before we talk about those, uh, what should interested constituents do to get on your mailing list? Well, you can go to our website, which is senate.mo.gov slash razor, R-A-Z-E-R, and there's a sign-up window there. There is also uh, a telephone number you can just call and talk to uh, the staff there in the office and they'll get you on it, but you'll get those official email uh, releases. Great. Great. Uh, so can you quickly summarize the bills you pre-filed for us, focusing especially on the ones that you think might uh, benefit the most from uh, public attention and input? Yeah, you know, um, if you want to go in order, I don't have that card right in front of me, and I'm trying to think of of uh, how they were listed. So, so I will read they were, on. Senate they were in Bill sixty prohibits discrimination based on sexual orientation or gender identity. Yes, that is uh, a bill we call MONA, the Missouri Non Discrimination Act. This is about the twenty fourth consecutive year it has been filed. Uh, it just says you can't hire, fire, evict someone from their apartment because they are or you think they might be lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender. 
we can't get that passed. We cannot get this legislature to say. So no, it's dead on arrival, it. right? But but you pretty, feel need pretty to, much. What? Yeah, Senate Bill sixty one implements restrictions on texting, texting and driving. You know, it's a Missouri along with Montana are the only two states remaining that allow uh, citizens to text and drive or distracted driving of any sort. Uh, this is model legislation uh, from from MoDOT. I worked with MoDOT to get this uh, drafted. It, it would bring in some federal dollars to help us advertise, especially with young people. Uh, but I think some of that advertising needs to go to people my age and above. We learned to drive when we didn't have cell phones. And all of a sudden, these miraculous things appeared in our hands. We had all the information in the world in the palm of our hands. And it's pretty hard to put it down. And if we're being honest with each other, we've all been guilty of it, myself included. And we all need to unlearn that bad habit. And statistics show that simply by passing a law, crashes related to distracting driving will decrease by about 7%. That's, now, that's, a, handful, that's a handful of lives every year. Yep. Are we? Uh, are, what's the likelihood of that one getting getting through the uh, legislature? You know, I think that one actually has uh, a decent shot. Some statistics will show that distracted driving is more dangerous than driving drunk. And so, I don't think anybody disagrees that we want, you know, to to curb drunk driving. This is much more similar to that. Senate Bill 62 ensures birth control is not included in the definition of abortion. So the trigger law that went into effect after Roe v. Wade was overturned uh, banned abortion in the state of Missouri. There's not going to be anything we can do about that for some time, unfortunately, from my point of view. However, it changed the definition of both pregnancy and abortion. And so let me explain this uh, as quickly as I can. Pregnancy is defined as beginning on the first day of a woman's last menstrual cycle. The first day of her last menstrual cycle. So that means a woman can be pregnant before she's had intercourse. Now, there are two definitions of abortion. One is the definition you would expect, you know, kind of a, a taking the life of a fetus or something like that. The second one says uh, that an abortion is if you take any pill, device, or procedure intended not to increase the likelihood of a live birth. So if you take a birth control pill at any point, or you have an IUD, and the state says you're pregnant all of the time, that is a medicine or a device that is intended not to increase the likelihood of a live birth. Missouri Senate Bill 338 modifies the required st school start uh, school year start date for school districts in which charter schools operate. Yeah, so this would affect uh, Kansas City Public School District and the St. Louis Public School District. A few years ago, uh, the representatives from the Branson area and the Lake of the Ozarks wanted us to move the start date for schools uh, after Labor Day weekend because it was hurting some of their tourism. Whether you like it that or not, that is what passed. 
However, that does not apply to charter schools. And so it gives KCPS, I think, believes that gives uh, charters a little bit of an advantage. And so this would just say it doesn't apply to any district in which charters exist, which are only two districts in the state. Uh, it would allow them to set their start date whenever they would like. Okay. Senate Bill 340 requires the Department of Elementary and Secondary Ed to establish language development milestones for children who are deaf or hard of hearing. So this is something that uh, only eight states do. And I love the fact that it's eight of the bluest or four of the bluest states you can find and four of the reddest states you can find. We have no, if a, if a baby is born deaf or hard of hearing, only one in 1,000 happen to have parents who already know sign language. So it is very difficult to communicate with that child for a long time. We're uh, talking with Greg Razor, who represents Missouri, uh, Missouri State Senate District 7 in Jefferson City. Uh, Senate Bill 343 establishes Blair's Law, which creates the offensive unlawful discharge of a firearm. Yeah, this is uh, a bill that's been introduced for several years now. Unfortunately, we had a young girl who was killed because someone shot off a pistol in the air uh, in celebratory gunfire. And what comes up must come down. And it sadly, uh, when it came down, it, it killed a young girl. Um, I have a bullet lodged in my roof of my house uh, from the same thing. Uh, so people are getting hurt first and foremost, hurt or killed, and property is being damaged just because people are going out after a Chiefs victory or on the 4th of July or New Year's Eve and shooting firearms in the air in busy, crowded metro areas. Senate Bill 344 modifies provisions relating to earnings tax. Yeah, so, you know, we have to renew the Kansas City earnings tax every five years. Uh, it costs, you know, a few million dollars that the civic community has to raise. Uh, but because it's every five years, the city's bonding rating takes a hit uh, because that's a, a large chunk of our city revenue that could go away. So we want to extend that to every 10 years. That would help improve that bonding rating. Senate Bill 397 establishes the Dialectical Behavior Therapy Task Force. So dialectical behavior therapy is... Uh, a, a newer type of therapy um, that isn't regulated in the state of Missouri, but it is regulated in other states. And so some therapists are a, a bit concerned or uneasy about can we do this or can't we? It kind of falls in a gray area. Uh, and so instead of just me creating a bill telling uh, the Department of Commerce and Insurance what to do. This sets up a, a task force of experts to kind of study it, see how we want to do it in Missouri, uh, and then they will come back to the General Assembly with a suggestion. So which of these or other bills that do you see on the calendar for this year do you think could benefit from more public attention and input? Of my bills? Of, of these or any bills that are on the, that are in, uh, active in the legislature now? You know, let, let me 
let me brag on one of my Republican colleagues, actually. Uh, Senator Carla Esslinger from southeastern portion of the state had a bill that came through Education Committee last year, which I serve on. And it would require each school district to sit down with each senior and fill out the FAFSA form, which is how you find out if you're Pell Grant eligible. Mm -hmm. Because so many of these young students, whether they're in urban settings or rural settings, think college is out of their reach financially. And we are leaving tens of millions of dollars of federal money on the table simply because the kids don't know it's available. And yep. so this would require every senior to sit down with a school counselor, fill out this form and get it back. And so maybe that gets, you know, so many of these kids, the hope to go to a community college, to go to one of our universities, uh, to better themselves and their, their lives and their families' lives. I've heard news reports about legislation to improve postpartum care for low-income in, uh, women. Uh, talk about that. You know, Missouri ranked, I think, 44th in the nation uh, on this issue. The governor, I would encourage people to go back, if you can, and listen to his State of the State address. Uh, he addressed this issue. Uh, he rightfully called it an embarrassment on the state of Missouri. If you look at the Boot Hill region, uh, the numbers there are, you know, tops in the country um, in a negative way. Uh, it, this is just something that must be reversed. And the governor is putting in the resources, again, thanks to President Biden and Congressman Cleaver, using those federal funds to try to reverse that trend. And also, and I don't know if you're getting to this or not, but very exciting was an investment in direct aid for child care, uh, for working parents, and for early childhood education. That we're not just putting kids into uh, a room with a babysitter. We've got to start educating kids before they get to kindergarten. And I was so happy to hear that the governor recognizes that. A lesson that this country learned during World War II that somehow we forgot is we won World War II thanks to Rosie the Riveter. But Rosie could have never riveted anything had she not had somebody watching her kids. And those that piece of the puzzle, you could argue, won the war for us. Rosie yeah. the Riveter did it. And yeah. but with without childcare, she wouldn't have been able to go. And so when we hear business owners, you know, rightfully talk about the lack of uh, workers, the uh, the shortage there, um, I understand. I can appreciate that. If we can help people with their kids, help one another, uh, we can help solve that problem. I'm so happy the governor recognized that, and I will be there to help him fight through the far right of his own party to get that passed. Right. I've seen research that says the public saves money from that kind of program in healthier women and children, all right, improved educational achievement, and the improved educational achievement helps lower the crime rate and actually increase the economic growth for the long term as when those kids become adults and can more easily 
uh, adopt uh, and even develop work methods. I don't know if you if you know this, but uh, there's um, Stanford economics professor Eric Honashek and his collaborators say that almost anything we do that actually improves educational achievement will, after a decade, uh, after a, a delay of 20 or 30 years, actually become free, paid by money we would not have without the, those productivity increases. Comments? I, I'm going to take this in another direction than what I think you think I was going to go. My first thought is you just said 20 to 30 years later. One of the negatives that we have in Jefferson City is term limits. Uh, one of those term limits is very few people in the capital think about 20 or 30 years from now. Right. Um, term limits are something that, you know, sound very good on paper. I think the consensus uh, here is that they have been a net negative uh, for the state of Missouri. Um, I don't think we'll ever get rid of term limits, but they should at least be extended. Um I, I, that study that you mentioned sounds correct. I mean, that makes sense to me. That's why we, one of the reasons we want to do this. Uh, but to try to get legislators in Jefferson City to spend money today for returns 30 years later that, that they'll never get to take credit for is virtually impossible. Yep. What's the status of local control of the police force in St. Louis? We had a hearing on that yesterday. Um, you know, there are St. Charles County, which is, there's St. Louis City, then St. Louis County, and then St. Charles County, if you look on a map. Uh, senators from St. Charles County that want to take local control away from St. Louis, put it back in the state like Kansas City has. Um, there are those from St. Louis City that want to hold on to it. This is really a St. Louis political battle that has made its way to Jefferson City. Um, from my perspective, looking at Kansas City, I support local control in Kansas City. Uh, I think we need to have it. And I think the citizens of Kansas City are very well equipped to run our own police department. However, I want to make sure before I introduce something in Jefferson City, Kansas City comes to a consensus of how we will govern the police department. Do we just hand it to the city council? Is that the best option? Do we create a new board that would oversee it? Whatever we do, I want to make sure my constituents, the northern edge of my district to the southern, are comfortable with it, that Senator Washington's constituents east of Troost are comfortable, and that the Northland is comfortable. We all have to have buy-in. Uh, that the police are there to work for us, for our protection. And if one of those areas, you know, east or west of Truce, the Northland, Southtown, are not bought in, then we've got to rethink the process. And so when we get buy-in from the city, I am ready to try to push it. Um, I think if we take local control back from St. Louis, that hinders our ability in Kansas City. Uh, I don't know if it stops our ability in Kansas City, though. I I was doing some research on top uh, universities in criminology and found a U.S. News and World Report ranked the top schools in the nation 
in that curriculum. Uh, the University of Missouri at St. Louis was number 11. And two of their graduates are on the faculty at UMKC, Lori Sexton and Toya Like. I, I would, and from the stuff I read, they basically say that that every time a cop um, beats somebody up uh, and uh, they in, inappropriately, they wind up convincing people that they should not cooperate with the police and the crime rate goes up. Your comment? You know. I believe the vast majority of men and women in uniform that are patrolling our streets in Kansas City and around the state are there for the right reasons. And it's a hard job. And I respect the hell out of them. Agreed. What I what I don't respect, obviously, are that handful of. I can't say the word I want to say on the air, but a handful of officers who give everyone else a bad name. And what I would encourage the police departments to start doing is to call out their fellow officers who are making them all look bad and say, this is not us, not in our department, and get them out. Because if I am, you know, I'm, I'm a white man who lives, you know, in a nice little neighborhood uh, west of Jerusalem. If I'm a black man walking down the street at night uh, east of Troost and a cop pulls up next to me, I'm going to be nervous. Yeah, I, I, I think I think that's understandable. Right. Uh, and and likely that officer is nervous. And now so now you have two nervous people. And that's not good. We've got to rebuild the trust between police and the community. Part of that starts with getting bad officers out of uniform and the police department calling them out and saying right. not in our department. Yep. Uh, and and that's that's uh, I've read something recently by um, Lori Sexton and Toya like, I think, or not or, or Sexton and somebody else or maybe somebody else. I'm not sure that basically said it's extremely difficult to. Uh, to get police departments to uh, reform themselves. Um, we're about out of time. Any final words for our audience? You know, we are in a moment as Kansas Cityans that this might be the most exciting time that there's ever been to be a Kansas Cityan. Um, it seems as if everything we're doing is working out just right. Uh, we've got the world's first stadium ever built on earth for a women's professional team being built in downtown Kansas City, the streetcar extension. Um, you go downtown and you can't keep up with the new, the newest restaurant. They're popping up so fast. Um, we have the NFL draft coming, which is going to be the biggest event in the state of Missouri history. And then that record is going to be obliterated just a few years when we welcome the world to our city. This is an exciting time. Be proud to be a Kansas Cityan. And let's make sure that while we're excited, we're not leaving people behind as well. Um, this is something that we should all benefit from, prosper from, and be proud of. This is an exciting time to be a Kansas Cityan. And I can't believe I get to be the senator during this time. Uh, it is truly an honor. Okay. Well, we have been talking with Greg Razor who represents Missouri State Senate District 7 in Jefferson City. His district is very roughly shaped like the letter C from Grandview um, 
along state line up to the Missouri River. I'm Spencer Graves. Thanks for listening.